And welcome to episode 21 of Bad Friends vs. Critics, where I, Noah Davis, joined by Elaine Wellman and John Pena, talk about movies, TV, video games, and whatever else we want to talk about for the week. Let's jump into the news real quick and start off with the first bit. Claire Foy and Paul Bettany are starring in a very British scandal. Uh, this is a follow-up to a very English scandal. I think it was an Amazon Prime and BBC original. Uh, I never saw it. It had Hugh Laurie in it. What's the not Hugh point Laurie. of it? Like, what's the... I think it's just random pieces of British history. Scandals. Okay. Or scandalous pieces of British history. But I was like, not is Hugh it more Laurie. like about like the monarchy, or is it... No, I think one was just the uh, 1920s like a very a period piece i think they're going to be just certain eras i don't think it's anything about the monarchy looks like it's but. about a member of parliament uh was the first season but yeah sorry go on yeah, yeah no you're fine uh no uh i was just saying because claire foy kind of killed it in the crown and paul bettany recently in wandavision so i'm kind of curious to see how this will pan out i guess i might watch the first one now um this next piece of news is kind of weird. It seems that Batgirl and Zatanna, or Zatanna, are to get their own HBO Max projects, whether that be a movie or a show. Uh, these are both DC characters. But what's interesting about this is Batgirl, um, she had a movie announced in 2014 or 2015, and a little director named Joss Whedon was attached to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I assume that's not um cool to do now i think he's kind of exiled for a bit yep big big uh, canceled bit, maybe yeah whether he has any input or whatever any sort of creative aspect to the show remains to be seen uh but who knows just some more dc stuff because why not uh, uh recently matthew mcconaughey has hinted that he might run for political office i know this is the Mc Connaissance we wanted. I Honestly. mean, right? Let's all move to Texas. Let's get him a couple votes or three votes. Is he, Let's get him in the power. <laughs> he's Republican, right? I assume. I, I don't think he's. I think he's just whatever. He's going to choose I whichever money one gets he, him the win, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet you money he's independent, quote unquote, or whatever. Johnny, uh, looking that up. Probably doesn't align specifically with one. I'm, I'm trying. Because he always he seems too cool to be a Republican, but he's all he's also said some like kind of questionable shit. I don't know. Yeah, but he smokes weed naked and stuff. True. So he's cool. He like goes out in the woods um, for weeks to write a book and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So he did an interview, and I think they posed the question whether he'd run for office, and he didn't okay, say no let's, at let's all. Okay. Let's not call it an interview. He was on the Joe Rogan experience. Was it uh, Joe Rogan? No, gross. Yeah, it says, in, it says in October, McConaughey was invited on the Joe Rogan Experience, a popular podcast, and discussed topics such as being Christian in Hollywood and defunding the police. He had said that some liberals went too far to the left. So I'm guessing he's a moderate, and he'll either be like a okay. liberal Republican or like a very conservative Democrat running. I meant this recent political thing. I don't know if that was Joe Rogan, because that was like just this week, but... Um. Yeah, who knows? I mean, whatever. Celebrities yeah. for president, right? Uh, yeah, I just see Matthew McConaughey announced seriously considering running for Texas governor before a year before the state election. 
and people are unsure whether he's going to be a Democrat or Republican, and then they were citing the Joe Rogan experiences, mm, okay. evidence to what he might run as. Well, who knows? I mean, I'm sure we'll get President Dwayne Johnson here, <laughs> here in this century, so why not Governor McConaughey? Uh, just start things off. So I know you guys are interested by this, but Netflix's Cowboy Bebop live-action adaptation has finally finished filming. Um, this is two years after it started filming. John Cho is to play Spike Spiegel. Christ. Uh, yeah. Uh, John and I recently saw John Cho <laughs> in a movie. Um, but yeah, it's finally finished filming. It's been delayed because of COVID, and then John Cho broke his leg or something in his leg to delay filming back six months. So who knows? I don't have any expectations for this. I'm just assuming it's going to be garbage so that if it's all right, you know, I'll be pleasantly surprised. <clears throat> but, how long um, did the show go on for? Like how many seasons? It's just one season. Oh, okay. I always, I'm episodes. always like, okay. Yeah, whenever they do like movie versions of anime, I'm always like, how do you do one movie of this show that lasted a long time? Well, I but... think this is actually a miniseries. Yeah, it's a TV oh, show. Oh, okay. So, okay. so they have a little more wiggle room, but I still agree with you. Because there's a lot of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say filler, but I wouldn't say necessary uh, episodes mm-hmm. that just are character development. Right. So it'd be weird to condense that down into six to eight hours. Um, <clears throat> whatever. Or the eight-hour episodes. Are they changing uh, the theme song? Or are they keeping it? That's all I care they, about. If they change the theme song, I really think people might just riot and yeah. just not watch it. I would. Like, honestly, I, I think they need to attain the rights to tank or else... Who cares? What's the point? Who cares? Thank yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's what's most important. I guess we'll see that next year. I think it's, so it's just now enter, entering post-production, which probably going to take a while, noticing or seeing how it's uh, sci-fi, or hard sci-fi like that with spaceships and the like. But yeah, speaking of Netflix, they are creating a Spanish-based Bird Box spinoff. Bird Box know. is that blind travel down the road, you save your children see, one. Yeah. Sandra Bullock, yeah. I never saw it uh, at the time. I think it was it's Netflix's fine. most popular movie. Yeah, it was all just marketing, was it? Because it wasn't that right. good of a movie. <laughs> and I don't think anyone I know really thought it was like phenomenal. They were just like, that was okay. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I just found the timing of this really weird. Like, I mean, if you told me this two or you know two years ago when the movie came out, I would totally understand, but I feel as though the hype is kind of, I don't know, not there, non-existent, and then especially trying to get it for a foreign market that the movie wasn't originally intended for. I don't know. Guess we'll see how that pans out. I'm probably not gonna watch it because I didn't watch the first Bird Box. <laughs> Did you um? Really know. There was a Spanish movie on Netflix. I think I'd recommend it to you all called um, El Oyo. Uh, or and if you watch like the English version, it's called the platform. Yeah, I watched it. So spicy. Uh, didn't we talk about and if that? It's, <clears throat> I think we might have, yeah, on this. But uh, it's if it has done anything like that, like I have good faith. Like all the things I've watched that are like Spanish films or TV shows on Netflix have actually all been pretty decent. Like I haven't tried like sitcoms or anything like that because most of the humor is lost on me, and I don't really care for sitcoms anyway. So. Right. Yeah. But 
with like the dramas or whatever that's considered. I don't know, like a sci-fi thriller or something. Uh, it's a drama, I think. It's good. Well, it's like the the platform is like a social experiment gone horror. I just meant that I feel as though most dark sci-fis are just dramas. Yeah, yeah. Happen to be sci-fi. And yeah. probably Bird Box is in that same category of like it's trying to be spooky, but eh. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, whether this is a sequel or it's a prequel, who knows? I'm sure we'll see that. And apparently, it's not even starting production until this year. So I actually don't even know why they announced it. But whatever. Yeah. Here we are talking about okay. it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and another piece of Netflix news they have bought the rights to Monkey Man. Uh, it's going to be Dev Patel's directorial debut. The movie is described as a John Wick in Mumbai. And is also loosely based around Hindu mythology. I'm in. Uh, so there's a lot going on there, but I'm kind of in. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, everything I don't like about John Wick is it's so grossly over the top and American. So it to be based on any other nationality and then have like, you know, religious influences that you don't really get thrown in your face all the time. I'm I'm in. That sounds cool. Well, and John Wick's Steph got Patel. That whole... John Wick's got the whole Baba Yaga stuff, so, I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of hinting towards that stuff. I don't know if this is actually even going to be, you know, supernatural at all, or whether it's just a realistic take on Hindu mythology or whatnot. Um, yeah, apparently, I think they bought it for $40 million. It was 20 or $40 million, which is... Is he acting in it and starring, or yeah. directing? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the main Like, he's John Wick? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I would hope Dev Patel. I would love to see Dev Patel as John Wick. It sounds pretty cool, actually. Uh, especially if they, you know, have good fight choreography, all that. All right. Uh, speaking of streaming shows and streamers, Peacock, I know we all love it, has mm -hmm. announced a new Will Forte show called Expiration Date. It is a man who purchased life insurance that covers suicide. And I s assume you can kind of guess how this goes. Yeah. Um, I've actually read a. I didn't yeah. include this in the news because I saw you had it like already in here, but there was like a bunch of uh, outlash from a bunch of like mental health advocacy groups <clears throat> calling the show like irresponsible and outrageous and like that it should never be aired because like the amount of suicides are going to come out because of this show. Kind of like the Thirteen Reasons Why backlash, I was about to but say, like Thirteen Reasons yeah. Why, yeah, yeah, but it's just like <laughs> I don't know, man. At the one hand, like. There is that phenomenon, right? Like, that definitely exists. I forget what the name of it is, but, like, anytime, like, a suicide is reported, suicides are spiked. Mm. Every time. Doesn't matter if it's mm. national news, doesn't matter if it's, like, your little local paper, uh, if it doesn't matter if it's, like, a big random, like, social media campaign, like, when Robin Williams died, for instance, like, people will just start killing themselves. It's just a phenomenon that exists. Right. Uh, and so, of course, a TV show is going to come out that's going to be at least moderately popular if not wildly popular and especially if the media really picks it up but it's like is that the show's fault or is it i don't know and your fault and, uh, <laughs> uh you also don't even know if he kills himself yet you know well, i, 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 I think that's the thing i think that's the thing is that him. well not that he kills himself necessarily but like there's a lot of suicide depicted in the show because the insurance, like, he's not the first person to get this insurance policy, I don't think. Right. I mean, I guess we'll see if it's uh, 
tasteful. I guess that's the word we're looking for. I don't know if that's the word, but <laughs> I guess we'll see. I actually, you know, we might not see because it's on Peacock, and who gives a fuck? True. Um, maybe next year I'll get a, you know a month free, binge everything that's possible. Do that maybe once or twice a year. All right, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the movie uh, Let the Right One In. It was a Swedish movie, I think, and then there's an American remake. Uh, it's a horror movie, very slow burn, about a little girl, a little boy. Okay, well, whatever, whatever. Uh, Showtime has announced that they are adapting it for a TV show. Uh, this is kind of a cool idea. I I really can't uh, remember if the I've plot point... I've seen a point... scene from this. So there's a plot point, and I don't know if it's a spoiler. So <laughs> I guess I'll be vague about it. Um, this is really cool. If they can flesh out this idea in a show over X amount of episodes, I really believe this is going to be a really neat look at someone's uh, mental state during this very specific event. I, I feel like you need to watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it? anything. I don't want to. I've, it's like, uh, it's not a bad movie. The Swedish one's actually really good. Um, I think it's Swedish. Okay. No, no, the Swedish one's really good. Hey, any listeners in the future who may come back to this episode, you know, I don't want to spoil it for them. You never know. Gotta think about that. Oh, you're <laughs> right. I mean, you can Google it right now and no, spoil okay. it for yourself. I'll, just, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. It's on Hulu, it says. I'll just watch it. Yeah, I've, I've watched a scene from this like for one of the screenwriting classes I took at UK, uh, mm. he was like, "Like you all need to like see this scene." Uh, and I actually always wanted to watch the movie because I kind of like generally know the plot. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that's like I actually didn't ever know what movie that scene was from. I didn't realize it was mm. this one. I, he was just like, "Oh yeah, it's like a Swedish horror film. Don't worry about it. Just like check out the scene." <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. I I hope he said you know the movie. I mean. From. I, <laughs> I, I'm sure he did, but he he didn't okay. make a point of saying like, "Oh, you should go watch this movie." He was just like, "It's a good movie, but we're just focusing our attention here because he's a professor, right? Like he's got an agenda to okay. uphold." All right, uh, I know how everybody loves a good comeback story, and mm -hmm. um, this one in particular, Movie Pass is coming back. Uh, you know, in this very podcast, we have one of the few people who had Movie Pass for you know what six months, maybe something like that, yeah. Yeah, six months while I was alive. Uh, the a a movie pass website because it's not the movie pass website um, called moviepass.ventures has put a countdown timer, and one can only assume that it's movie pass is coming back. Um, we'll probably update in a week. I think the timer is only a few more days, so we'll definitely see how that pans out. Hell and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> John, are you gonna get movie pass no matter what? I mean, no matter what, I already no told moment. Noah if it costs a thousand dollars for a lifetime subscription, I will buy it. Just free movies forever, thousand dollars. I did. I did the math. I did the math. Even at ten dollars <laughs> a month, if I saw one movie a month for thirty years, it would pay itself off. So if I saw, no, if, I just, not the worst. <laughs> if I if I just saw like a hundred movies, it would pay itself off. Like, I could do that it's in really a year. Not the worst, the best I could do that in I a year. Heard, yeah. I I would just be worried about spending that money and then like six months goes by again, 
and you like didn't get and to watch all your movies and you just start out a thousand dollars but see that's but see that's the difference between me having a subscription and me buying a lifetime supply of something right they're contractually obligated to provide me a lifetime supply i don't think that's how america works okay yeah i'm just saying I mean, dude the class action lawsuit that, will be real no, because I think I think it was an airline way back when had a lifetime golden ticket, and you could just get a ticket anytime, anywhere. And some guy was literally doing it every single day. And I, I, I think there's a big case. Yeah, I think there's a big case. I don't know, but I really don't think that's how corporations work. I think they can just they can give you the value of what that lifetime ticket was. So I mean, even if they give me the thousand bucks back. I don't care. Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's great. All right, uh, last piece of news, because this week wasn't really crazy. Uh, you guys knew the Grammys were this week, right? Because I, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I I was going to talk I about really it. I really didn't. I really did. Yeah. I know we talked about it last week, but I, I totally had no idea the We Grammys. had talked about trying to do something for the Grammys, like some kind of special episode, and then it just came and gone. It was Well, so um... Yeah, I don't think I'm alone in this fact because the Grammys ratings were down 51% year over year. Uh, that's pretty damn bad <laughs> for any sort yeah. of show, live event, movie. This, this is a fine time for me to talk about because neither of you watched them, right? No, nope. I was just watching results. Yeah, so I, I watched them live almost the whole thing. I think there was like two awards that I didn't really – like I was just like playing a game or something over it after that point. Um it was fine what they tried to do. Um, my two biggest grievances, because I, I don't really care for the award shows. One, they're mostly just like rigged circle jerks for like Hollywood elites. And two, yeah, and two, it's usually just like cringy, tasteless humor to like sit between different awards. So it's like right. if you don't care about the awards and you don't care about the event itself, what you know good is it offering you? But it's usually just something to talk about, which is the only reason I usually watch them. Uh, and so this year, obviously COVID, so what they did was they had like pre-recorded all the performances, shot them live. Oh. So it was like a real performance that they did in front of a little audience, but they mm -hmm. did them like earlier that day or maybe the day before. So he, all the performers were like in completely different outfits, sitting, you know, in front of the stage where the awards are going out. And again, it's COVID, so it's like hugely reduced capacity. It's outdoor seating, and there's maybe like, I'll say like 30 tables of like two people per table. So it's literally like a 60-person audience in the for the whole Grammys, which just felt, it felt like I was at someone's like wedding or something, and they were like <laughs> giving out weird awards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they were just like giving out weird awards during someone's wedding. Actually, it felt like That's Beyonce and Jay Z's wedding. It felt yeah. like Beyonce and Jay Z's wedding. People need to start People live streaming. Out People need to start live streaming every public event, just ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, it was just strange. And then I don't think Trevor Noah was a good host at all. He was really cringe, and he tried to like. I mean, it's I get that. That's favorite. it's it's the bit that like, you know, you got to play up. Uh, what's the word? You got to play up like the severity of everything so like you know someone does a fine live performance and they're like wow everyone just a round of applause and he's just like falsely hyping and it comes across as falsely hyping because the audience isn't hype at all you know he right. never actually inspired the hype so here's a man that's like putting on a front 
uh, and his jokes were just bad. Like, it just wasn't funny. He was just cringe. Yeah. So I was like, the host was bad. I, the awards were fine. I don't think anyone was, like, unjustly robbed. Um, and I actually discovered a decent amount of new music this week because of it. Because I was like, I never heard of you. I never heard of you. I never heard of you. Um, and I'll get there in a moment. But all in all, I have, I'm not surprised at all. One, because of COVID that the ratings were down. And two, because it's hard to continue to push the envelope for the Grammys when everything has to be so restricted. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know if you remember, I think it was maybe 2017. Because I think it was the year Damn came out and Kendrick was nominated for it and then eventually won for it. Uh, he did, like, a really sick live performance of, like, all his To Pimp a Butterfly songs. Uh, and they're all on YouTube and they're great, but like that year, the Grammys like really outdid themselves because they like had a bunch of visual effects and like actual stage presence at a live performance with like an audience of like a thousand people. Right. So it just felt so much more atmospheric, and this just felt like a pre-recorded live stream of an event no one cared about. <laughs> it just yeah, was really boring. Good to get yeah. by, really. And, and and one of the big things about these kind of like red carpet events is you know it's like a big like uh, fashion week kind of statement, right? Like everyone wears different designers yeah. and. It's like all unique original things. I'm like, the only people wearing even semi cool outfits were uh, the baby, hmm. Anderson Pack, and Taylor Swift. Everyone else, it looked like, like of course it's all gaudy and gross, but like, those were the only designers who seemed to like actually put thought into it, and everything else was like, I don't even know shit you'd see in like 2004 like Vogue magazine you know runway shit and it just felt like really out of touch i don't know it was weird back in my day lady gaga wore a meat dress <laughs> yeah that's, that's a, but that's what i'm saying right yeah, like that was, yeah, that was it's crazy. something to talk about it's something interesting it's something like random and like defining of a moment and no one yeah. is doing that anymore and it just feels lazy and like contrived and like so in their own head about it it's just weird are we finally over the awards? Just the awards in general? Are we over Academy oh, Awards? Actually, and that that's a whole other point, too, is that I think so many artists boycotted it this year for numerous reasons, from everything from, obviously, like, the BLM movement to people being idiots and just not submitting their albums on time and boycotting it to, like, people feeling snubbed um, by, again, like, the white elitism that overruns most of these academies. And it's actually hilarious because they, they, there was a point where they paused and it looked like it was going to be like a commercial break. And the new uh, director of the Academy of whatever music body governs the Grammys um, is black. Uh, and he was talking about how, like, you know, now under his leadership, like, they're going to try to be more responsible. But this dude's been the director for, like, the last six years. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Like, the system can be racist and you can still have a black figurehead. Like look no further than the United States for eight years under Obama. <laughs> like, this country's not yeah. suddenly not racist that we elected a black yeah, president. Everything changed, John. You and it doesn't mean that the office of the presidency changed. isn't racist just because he's president. And it doesn't mean that Obama isn't racist just because he's black. Like, there's so many nuances to all these little things, and everyone's like, well, you know, if I just come out here and talk, I, I win. Yeah, yeah, but okay, but they'll make a donation somewhere, you know, yeah, to yeah, prove like, they're not racist, okay? They'll start a for-profit school for black students to uh There you go. 
take most of their money from their royalties uh, and they, they'll make $10 a stream uh, or $10 a year from their streaming. And next year they'll forget. It's yeah. great. That's how it works, you know? That's great. Uh, that was actually the last piece of news. We want to move on. I just want to add on to one thing oh. about the Grammys because yeah. Sean said that Go he was uh, you didn't think that anyone got snubbed and I want to say that um, there was one snub and that was that uh, Taylor Swift and Bon Iver did not get Best Pop Duo performance. They weren't ever going to because that didn't deserve it because that song's not very good. That song is amazing. Uh, I believe awesome. on this podcast we said that that wasn't even the best song on the album. That's fine. They still deserve the award. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they still deserve it. Okay. Um, Alright, so I didn't do a whole lot this week. Um, as far as watching things, I think the only thing other than the movie that I watched, uh, John and I watched the um, vaccination special. South Park episode. Oh yes, South Park. Yeah, yeah. Which was very fucking good. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was really it, good. I, I thought it was it was kind of weak at first. I was like, okay, this is kind of South Park. But the second the whites and the QAnon started, that's when it got really good. all the way. Yeah. I mean, really I was I was I was laughing from like the as soon as it showed like it was like Walgreens was the building they were talking about and they had the bouncer from Walgreens <laughs> yeah, trying to get yeah. in. Yeah. Cause there was like, I don't know if it was like the old lady walking by and she's like, fuck you guys <laughs> like 85 <laughs> or something. Really? She like walks by and like, I don't know if that's like the first time I laughed, but it was like really early on. It got me. And then, yeah, it was like, it just kept getting better. Um, yeah. See, here's my thing. I, I just want to take the time to appreciate this a little more uh, uh, just because for far too long, these idiots and type of people you know <laughs> uh-huh. uh, idiots um have believed south park's on their side i think for far too long they've taken south park as oh it's agreeing with me hurt there it's making fun of me but it's agreeing with me and then this is clearly it's like no guys stop <laughs> just now south park's mm-hmm. clearly telling you as clear as day there's not any nuance about it immediately afterwards and, yeah. i texted my dad because my dad is exactly that person that you're describing and I was like, hey, you should check out this uh, special. <laughs> and he was yeah, like, oh, is it pretty yeah. good? He's like, is it pretty good? I was like, it's really fucking good. You're going to love it. <laughs> and I'm really I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. They should do more advertising just to get all the QAnoners to watch this fucking special. Yeah, I agree. And then, and then I can't wait to hear them talk about how Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the, <laughs> you know, they're the Illuminati, that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Confirmed. Um, Okay, so that's all I watched, um, moving on to what I listened to um, a little bit. Uh, so I listened to this artist, um, her name is Montaigne. I th- she's on, is it called, I think it's called Eurovision, is like a European American Idol or something like that. I've never watched it, but uh, she's... It's like a it's station. It's like every country... Oh, it's a station? Not. No, I think you're talking about the year, the every year, every country sends a Mm -hmm. uh, musical performance. It doesn't have to be musical, I think, but usually it's a musical performance Mm -hmm. and every country against every country, like, you know, that's what she's on. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where she's from. Um, yeah, but anyways, so this other podcast that I listened to, they just got a new theme song. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about the bean dad blew up on twitter did you guys see that so it was this this dude on twitter blew up because he like his daughter asked him for something to eat and he was like well you're six now so you can like open this can of beans with a can opener yourself 
and it turned into like a 12 hour like him live tweeting like walking her through how to use a can opener on this can of beans that everyone was like what the f- dude just feed your fucking kid or whatever and um he previously wrote their theme song this podcast that i listened to and he like blew up i don't know it was like this huge thing um they dropped him after that and <laughs> wait <laughs> He like came, I'm pretty sure he came out as being like he was like super right wing and like just all this other terrible shit uh, that he was saying like other shit that he had said in the past had like resurfaced. John, have you found? Are you looking at it right now? Or I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing the Twitter thread. Yeah, so they they just started calling him Bean Dad. Um, that's how I refer to him. Um, John Roderick. Yeah, and so after like all this other shit came up, and everyone's like, yeah, this guy's kind of a piece of shit. They dropped him. Uh, they dropped his song, and just now they got Montaigne to do their new theme song, which I was like, "Uh, okay, cool. I'll, she was all right. I'll check out her stuff." Um, I listened to one song called "Because I Love You" off of one album, and then I listened to a whole other album called "Complex." Um, she sounds very much like John Bellion without, like, a female John Bellion without all the like god praising stuff um kind of mixed in with like paramore's like pop stuff not their like early emo rock stuff yeah so i i it's a really cool sound um i would recommend listening to complex it's pretty good is album. it spelled montagne how's montagne spelled m-o-t-a-i-g-n-e oh, oh that i certainly yeah montagne with an i in the end yeah yep um pretty yeah. good um, then I went through my, uh, one of my made for you playlists when they like recently released, uh, everything, everything dropped a new song last week called super normal. Um, it's pretty good. Just everything, everything, you know, nothing super special. Yeah. Uh, young gravy and Lil Wayne did a song together called oops. Um, gravy, gravy. So yeah. I feel like his hype kind of, I love young gravy. I, <laughs> This song wasn't I, I as good as a lot of his. Yeah, this song wasn't as good um, as his earlier stuff, but it was it was cool to listen to. Whatever. I don't know how I feel about Lil Wayne anymore, but whatever. He's um, Lil Wayne. I mean, he'll forever be a goat, but it's like Eminem. He's a legacy. He just yeah. he's just got to stop making music. Yeah, I think that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. Um, now there's there's this artist that I listen to. I Mona Lisa's he's... still a banger though. That's true. Um, there's, I think it's, uh, he's like a DJ. Um, Hunter and I were talking about a couple of days ago. Swum is his name. Uh, S-W-U-M. Hunter recommended a song, I think, called Rick and Morty to you, John. And mm-hmm, I listened mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. another song. Um, he did a, so he did a song with Isaac Zale and Coda the Friend. And, you know, I listened to that mm. Coda album that one of you recommended. I can't remember who it was, John. Twas I. I. Uh, that song is called I See You. And it's literally just the letters I see you. It was okay. Nothing special, but Code of the Friend was pretty good. Um, Like, I see you, but, like, I see you. Yeah, like, I cup without the rest of the joke. You know, I see you. Yeah. Um, The last thing I listened to... Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, hold on. Um, I listened to... What do we? What do we decide her name was? The Sunshine Garden is or literally unpronounceable. Uh, sun, unpronounceable. Sun, sun Drop Garden. Sun Drop, sun drop garden. garden. Yeah, that's what we're gonna yeah. call her. 
Uh, that's, that's uh, I think that's technically what the record, like, the title it owns. So I think technically, legally, it's the Sundrop Garden. Yeah. yeah. I uh, listened to two, that album that we're talking about. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's really good. fucking good. Yeah, he's really so good. I'm gonna listen to the rest of her discography eventually. Mm-hmm. But all right, I'll update you. Uh, you update like me. Two seconds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, Wait. I just read their about page or her about page, whatever uh-huh. pronouns they use. Um, I know. Once every month, album a year for 20 years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what? Sundrops are like Very albums potential. of 12 moon drops compiled and released every year on August 27th. By the year 2032, yeah, so, there will be yeah. a complete collection of 12 sundrops. So, her, yeah, so her Instagram, she drops a moon drop. Which is a song, uh, the pretentious way to say song. Because it's every <laughs> full one, moon. Yeah, every month. So she drops one of those every month, and then she makes the album at the end of the year. Yep. That's uh, artists, man. Artists. Some artists, man. Just get over yourself. Whatever. That's she's every got artist. two million plus Spotify listeners too. I think. And she's good. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's, yeah, she's great. Um, okay, well, stay tuned, I guess, for if I listen to the rest of her stuff, depending on what you say. Uh, the last thing I really listen to, uh, just because Twitter influences me, they go on and on about Corpse. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Corpse is. So Among a streamer, Corpse. Oh, like Corpse. Corpse Husband, I think, is technically what he goes by, uh, but Corpse for short. So he started off on YouTube as he's got like a crazy deep voice. He's actually like a medical condition, I think. Um, has I don't I can't remember what exactly, but um, he's got like an insanely deep voice. And he started off his YouTube channel as reading like Reddit horror stories. So these people would like send him in horror stories, and he would kind of like narrate them uh, and have some like animations with them. Uh, then he started making music a little bit after that. And somehow he got involved with like the big Among Us streamer friend group, and has since started streaming with a lot of I mean, like this guy's toast, like all the offline TV people and their friends. Um, <clears throat> now he's just one of them. He just did a song with Machine Gun Kelly called Daywalker. This man uh, sounds <laughs> sounds interesting. And he I was like, I was like, uh, okay, I mean. I'll, I'll give it a fucking shot if everyone on Twitter like is sucking his dick about it and it sucked. It was so bad. Uh, I I hate okay, baby. I hate Corpse's songs. They right, sound so, so annoying. Yeah, and then like the and I watched then, the music video. Yeah, and MGK. Yeah, and MGK. Um, and then I watched the video to it because I was like, maybe the video is something cool. I don't know. MGK probably had the money to get like some big director. Yeah. Uh, no, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I just don't I just don't get the like gore aesthetic like having blood and shit everywhere and that's kind of like corpses thing. Um, I don't really. That seems weird. It, it is weird. Um, I don't really. Okay. Know. Also, yeah, corpse like dead body corpse. Uh, so it says his conditions are quote this is a self fucking proclamation here a combination of genetics and a health condition called GERD GERD is just acid reflux Mm. but can't it like over time like actually destroy your vocal cords 
Maybe. But how old is he? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, how severe is his acid reflux? Like, if he's, like, constantly getting fucking, like, scoped, you know? And there's just, like, constantly erosion both ways. Like, he's getting camera shoved down his throat, and he's constantly throwing up acid. That, like, I'm a, I'm a call. It's just genetic. Like, I mean, Zach Young's voice is, like, ridiculously deep, and <laughs> he doesn't have severe acid reflux. It's been that deep since he was, like, 16, so. Right. Some people just have that voice. I don't know why he needs to... This video yeah, just awful. seems weird. This video is awful. <laughs> the video is really bad. Live reaction, live reaction. This is something. It's so special. bad. It's so bad. like yeah. I I will never give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> again. I I was hoping for something like kind of cool, but no, it was bad. It makes like some like old Tyler the Creator music video shots of just HD cameras, and it's not turning out well. Oh, oh, can't even take that off that music. <laughs> yeah, so okay. uh, if you're listening, we don't uh, recommend corpse. Has been we don't do corpse around here. We don't do corpse okay. around here. Um, I believe that's all I've got. Um, I'll interrupt if I think of anything else. Uh, Noah, hit us with Yeah, that. okay. Well, I'll start with music and then just start with the Sundrop Garden. Okay. Uh, I listened to one, uh, Sundrop One. Sundrop One? <laughs> and, yeah, Sundrop One. Um, not as good. Mm. Just not as good all around. It's not. It's very much. This is deep. You know, uh, there are two tracks that have just pure. Someone's talking. You know, probably a relative, old relative, or somebody she knows. You know, somebody mm -hmm. just talking and giving off a deep thought. You know, who cares? Um. The music's all right, but it's just not two. Two is, I think, two set the bar too high for me. Maybe if I listened to one first and then moved on to two, I'd be hailing a little more. But yeah. right, yeah, like each subsequent one gets better, and so the first one was good, and then the second one was yeah. like, wow. But now it's like, but, oh, I saw the second one first, so I don't care. Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's like if you watch Dark Knight and then Batman Begins, you know, it probably just makes the movie worse just because the second one's so good. Um, yeah, then I want, or then <sighs> I listened to uh, Future Proof EP by Eric Arc Elliot, or sorry, Eric the Architect, um, the Flatbush Zombies producer. He, it's really good. It's only six songs. Uh, the production's fantastic. The bars, okay. His bars, he's never, he's not my favorite lyricist in Flatbush, but. Um, his first song, I think the first song's called I, I Can't, Can't Lose. Lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, I think what our generation would consider classic rap, just a good sounding classic rap song, you know. Um, maybe maybe even the epitome of modern rap, just because that's where we're at, I think. Um, yeah, no, really good EP, really short. There are some songs I don't care for, but I'd still recommend it just for the production and the beats. Then I listened to Azizi Gibson's new single, Mentally Here. I like it. I've said, I've talked about, you know, yeah, I can, I can talk about Azizi. Whatever, yeah. it's Azizi, yeah. <laughs> I really think at this point, if you like him, you don't, whatever. That's exactly how you're going to feel about every song he puts out. And that's all I listened to. But watch, I actually was in the anime mood, the anime horror, once again. Um... I watched an anime called Planet of the Beast King. It's an 11 episode sci-fi coming of age anime. It was only 11 episodes, so I really couldn't 
not watch it. I felt like there was no excuse not to watch it. It was okay. Not great. Had a what, really good what theme song. the name of it was again? Planet of the Beast King. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it tries to do things, kind of falls flat. The ending's stupid. You know. Just some anime stuff. Very mediocre. Just, I wouldn't okay. recommend. Yeah. And then I caught up with Attack on Titan. Because mm. so the new season, the final season just came out. But apparently, I didn't know this, season three was split up into two parts, and I just thought it was one part, so, you know, I was going to go and watch season four, but then uh, Tristan actually told me season three was split up into two parts, so I had to watch the second half of season three, and they finally did it. They uh, The twist, or the story, the explanation for the Titans and all of it, they finally did it. I'm not sure if it was worth 55 episodes to get there. Because season two is rough. I'm gonna tell you, season two and season three, part one is so rough. But you're saying but it got better at season three, part two. That being said, three part two is actually really awesome because okay. the one episode where they just explain everything, I was I was audibly saying, "What the hell?" You know, "What the hell?" Holy shit! Whatever you want to say. Um, it's something. They really went for it. I don't know if I respect them <laughs> more <laughs> or respect them less, but at least they explained it all. You know, it's not like a show that just leaves it as a mystery. It's right in your face. Here you go. No arguing about it. No more fan theories. No nothing. Just here you go, which I really appreciate. And so how many and episodes I'm, are left of that show? Just a few, right? Uh, season four. I think season four is literally finishing next week. And it's only 13 or 14 episodes. So I think I only have 13 episodes left. Um, although I don't know if the dub is out. So I guess I'll go back to sub. Whatever. Oh, Not a big deal. Well, see, I watched season one in sub. Because it wasn't popular enough to have a dub when it first came out. Then it got popular, got a dub. I watched season two and three in dub. And so, you know, it's it's actually kind of weird. Hard to keep up with. The voices don't match sometimes. And you're just like, this doesn't sound right. Um yeah, I, I really think I watched something else, but that's all I wrote down, so, yeah. Escaping you. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm done. Okay. John. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, I got a lot. Uh, did a lot, listened to a lot. Um, let's see, so, there's a bunch of, like, random little, like, one-off tracks, not, like, full albums I listened to, but of the ones that are worth mentioning that I would recommend... There's an artist, uh, I, I'm not sure, I guess he's a rapper, but I think he also sings a bit, um, so I'm not sure if all his albums are rap albums, but his name's Nate Day, D-A-E, uh, and he's got this song called Soul um, off of his album that just came out. I didn't listen to the whole album, uh, just listened to the one song, Soul, uh, and it's really, really good, so I would recommend it. Um, then we've got what were the other singles I listened to? One off tracks. Uh, oh, I found that. Uh, I think I told you about it, um, Noah. And I might have even uh, maybe maybe you were there too, Lane, because I think I, I was really telling Hunter, but you were both there. But uh, that Sangria song with Denzel Curry. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's oh, not, yeah. It's not, I listened to that album. That album. Was yeah. Okay. It's not, yeah, it's not particularly new, uh, but that song, I just was like, oh my god. You know, god. I actually, after listening to the album, I didn't like that song as much, because I think the other songs on that album sound exactly like that, but better. Oh, 
Like, like I think yeah, the I one, didn't give it a chance. I think the one after that's really good. Okay, I, I only listened to it Millie? once. Yeah, <laughs> I listened through once, so I, I couldn't give you a hundred percent. But that album's not bad. Whatever that album's uh, called. And then there was a her song that, uh, I believe it won, you know, best R&B solo performance or something along those lines. A Grammy that I'm sure not a ton of people cared about. Um, but it was like, you know, one of the numerous songs that were inspired by like the George Floyd protests called I Can't Breathe. Um, and it's really good. Uh, and that's that's it as far as singles go. But I listen to a bunch of albums, so we'll just get started with the first one. Um, so Dustin Conrad, who for whatever reason utilizes all caps. Um, I think I mentioned this album um, before, but I don't know that I fully talked about it or recommended it. But I think it's really really good. It's like super interesting, uh, and he gives me very much like not necessarily from like an artist perspective, but just from like like a certain like look and like ambiance and presentation like a frank ocean feel uh yeah yeah it's hard to say but yeah, it's like very r&b very melodic um there's like a couple skits which I, again i'm like never really a fan of like just again some random family member or friend just talking and you're like oh this is so deep uh <laughs> yeah yeah whatever um but it, it's worth listening to it's called uh colorway as the album and then i listened to that bryson tiller album i had not listened to yet the uh anniversary or whatever when did this come out uh anniversary came out in 2020 the deluxe edition came out this year um so i just went ahead and listened to the deluxe edition because i never listened to it um, you really dropped off my radar after that first album or that first big album whatever. yeah again if you like the ovo sound if you like party next door you, you like drake mm -hmm. you're gonna like this album um i think both of them have features maybe just drake maybe big sean someone like that but again it's classic pop rap um he's got a beautiful voice he always has uh it's pretty good it's fine i don't think there was any song i was like this is going on my rotation forever but if I had to recommend just a single song to listen to, I think the seven o'clock is what it's called. It's just like literally seven colon zero zero. So I'm not sure if it's just called seven or if it's seven o'clock, but you never know. Um, is it PM it's or good. Neither. It's just seven colon zero zero. Eastern? <laughs> it's Pacific time. Okay. okay. Uh, then I also listened to that Nick Jonas album I said I was going to listen to, Spaceman, uh, that came out. Um, How was that? Painful, man. Oh, yeah. God. You don't yeah, like they... Nick Jonas music? Uh, no, I do like Nick Jonas music. That's the problem. Oh, I, I kind of yeah. even like the Joe Bros a bit, but Jesus Christ, this album was painful. Like, it felt like... I don't know how to say this, because they've already been making more, like, adult and, like, contemporary music. You know, it's not like Disney pop anymore. I know that they've moved past that. But this album felt like they were trying to say that, or he was trying to say that. I assume his brothers, you know, they're brothers. I'm sure they had some kind of input. At the very least, they listened to the damn thing. But it was like, like one of the titles of a track, okay? It feels like fucking like 2009, and this is like a Kesha song. So it's called Too Drunk. And it's the number two, all one word, with drunk next to it. And I'm like, Nick Jonas. Too Drunk. It does, like this just doesn't need to, you know. It just feels fa it feels forced. It, it feels be, it should be commercial too drunk for you. It really you should go all the way with that yeah. kind of stuff. And so 
especially compared to the other albums I listened to this week, I was just like, it, it pained me to listen to every track. And there wasn't one that I thought, wow, this is really good. Like, the best songs on it were like the most mediocre pop songs you've ever heard on the radio. Cool. Yeah. No good production, no good standouts. There were, I don't think there were any features or anything. Like there was nothing of note or substance. It was just like a really bad album. Uh, I'm gonna listen to it right now with the way yeah, you're talking. Yeah, through and through, about it. through and through, would not recommend. Like, I, I like, I didn't. I wasn't even a huge fan of that new Jonas Brothers. Like we got back together album, but at the very least, it had like some good pop songs. Like there were one or two songs I was like, oh yeah, this is like. I can totally hear this being played on the radio, and I would totally be okay if it like came up in a friend's car. You know what I mean? None of these songs. I would ask them to change this song if this came on. Like that's how bad all these songs were. Um, I also listened to that Selena Gomez Spanish album, uh, Revol- oh, Revelación. Dude, that shit is awesome. It is oh. so good. <laughs> I would. I really, really liked it. Every single song. Um, her Spanish is good. Her accent's good. Uh, yeah. The music is good. It's like again, like I kind of thought it was going to be like reggaeton, um, big reggaeton influence. I don't know that it's all considered reggaeton exactly, but ooh, it was good. Uh, I'm definitely going to continue to re-listen to it. I don't really know off the top of my head my favorite tracks. I think the Baila Conmigo, which is Dance with Me, um, maybe Adios, um, both both good songs. But I I don't know that there was a bad song. Um, they were actually the the very last track with DJ Snake called "Selfish Love," and that one was hit or miss. But DJ Snake, yeah, everything else was good. Um. Oh, and then oh yeah, and then I listened to this one. This one was different. Um, this was off of. I think I was watching like a Fantano video or something because I hate myself and, you know try to keep up with what the kids are listening right. to these days. I can't, man. I can't anymore. And uh, he was talking about like his best tracks so far of 2021, or best albums of 2021. And there was this little EP by a band called Do Nothing. Um, it's called Glue Land. Um, and it's like uh, funk rock or something. I don't exactly know what the genre is. It's like Again, it's really melodic. It's got like a really, I don't know exactly the term, but I want to say like a punchy bass. Like it's like really like groove influence. Like it's like a and yeah, and then yeah, it's just like rock music on top. Of it. It's like if like the Strokes and like Snarky Puppy had a baby. So it's like half the songs are like weird, like funky jazz, and then it's just like you know. The most typical sounding, uh, like alt or like punk. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird and all over. It was no. (laughs) It was one of the better EPs, maybe, but not to my taste. You know, I'm sure. Like it was good music. It just wasn't anything that I was like crazy about. Um, really, for rock to stand out to me these days, it's got to be exceptional, and that wasn't that. Dude, I okay. Speaking of which, I looked up the Grammys list to see all the rock artists and just mm-hmm. see where modern rock's at. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that genre is. I don't. It's I dead, have dude. no idea what that genre is. <laughs> I listened to it all and was very confused on the rock part of it. But I don't know. That's uh, yeah. Rock's dead. Bro. 
Let's get over it. Well, because, like I said, like rap is rock yeah. now. It's yeah. everything that rock was when it was founded. It's like against the grain. It's pushing boundaries. It's like saying shit that like usually goes unsaid. It's talking about really controversial shit. And rock doesn't do that anymore. It doesn't push the envelope. And it, frankly, yeah. the music just kind of sucks. Like yeah. you just can't do half the shit with the, just a live like four piece band that you can with any other genre of music. And like to push the envelope, then you incorporate a lot of like electric sounds, and then you just you know, borderline sound like pop music. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you start fusing with other genres, and then you just sounds really fucking try hard or worse. The people are super pretentious, and like they go way too far into the weeds, a la a certain little band that we probably will talk about here in a moment, I'm sure. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. Or I guess ensemble is probably what they are more considered or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I was rock music's dead. Yeah, that's it for me as far as music. And then uh, I've watched WandaVision finally. Uh, there we go. So I think we said that this was the week we could talk about it uh, yeah. fully if you all want to do that yeah. now. Okay. Uh, I'm a little rusty on my WandaVision, but um, I really, I think I even said this last week, but now I'll be a little more detailed. Um, the second Monica Rambeau became a character is when I started losing interest. Um, Same. Not that her story wasn't really cool. I think the idea of having, listen, I think the idea of having someone just pop in, pop back in two years after they did, or X amount of years after they disappeared and just the ramifications of all that in the hospital scene, I thought all that was so cool, but I didn't give a fuck about it compared to, you know, WandaVision, you know, the thing I'm here for, the, the story I'm here for. And it seems not, it seemed just so loosely based around, WandaVision's story. Uh, it, it seemed two entirely separate stories, and it's weird. I don't know. Mark but that was, didn't really that was my problem. Was, it was... So, like, I think you had said this to me just a moment ago, but um, her character was created to set something else up in the future. Yeah. And so it felt like they just had to try to make her connect to this show and the only way they did that was by like analogy alone like oh well i lost my mom too like if i had your powers i i know i know what you would go through let me try to be this like sympathetic character and it came across as like why is this bitch in this world and why does she have superpowers and why do i care about her like there were no real tangible efforts made to like make me care about the character so i just was like every time she was there i was like i don't like you and even even from the beginning, before you knew who she really was, and you were just like, oh yeah, Geraldine, and she like couldn't come up with her name, it already took yeah. you out of that scene as like, oh, okay, like this world is being disturbed now because like here's some stranger who's like clearly not a part of the facade that you know either someone has created because at that point you don't know that it's Scarlet Witch who's creating this like imaginary life. Um, so yeah, you're just like, what's going on? Right. And and I and it really sucks because I absolutely love those first two, maybe three episodes. I can't really, I don't know which episodes. Just the absolute parodies of the sitcoms and the in-universe commercials. I'm a sucker for in-universe commercials. Okay, that's the best fucking thing. Yep. Like that. That's how you convince me I'm in another world. Is when you have fake fucking commercials, and when they had the Von Strucker commercial. Ugh. Oh. 
all great. And then it becomes Marvel. And that's when I checked out. It just became run in the mill. Obviously, see, I'm be- going to watch it because it's Marvel, but yeah, it's Marvel. But it became Marvel, and then they still did like the Modern Family and Malcolm in the Middle episodes. Yeah, which so I... So I did like those two. I like those parts, but then right, it went back right. to Marvel in those episodes. Yeah. So it was just, I don't know. I guess the balance was probably impossible. I'm sure there was no other way to do this. But at the same time, I don't love the execution at the end. See, it's 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 the classic Star Wars phenomenon for me. Superheroes as a concept are awesome. Mm. What the boys did to what is usually a pretty boring and like... uh cookie cutter formula for how tv shows and movies are done now in the superhero universe i thought is awesome unfortunately marvel just doesn't have that kind of wiggle room because it's a disney ip and they have to keep it pg-13 you know to some extent they can get away with a couple r's here and there but like nothing of the mainstream and wandavision is clearly just going to be mainstream tv for their new streaming platform that it just feels like even when they tried to push the boundary and like they came up with a cool like hey what if we just like rip off these tv show styles and do it well in universe and that was super cool and i was very much down and then again it goes classic marvel and you're like oh superheroes fighting good and evil ooh this character is conflicted but they haven't really developed it enough to make me feel conflicted as a viewer so i kind of wish you just kept doing that stupid little camera work shit and not focus so much on the story uh I also, to add to this, it fell in the, I don't, okay, I don't know if this is Marvel's inherent problem because of the properties of Marvel, or whether the movie's faults for choosing the villains, but it fell for the classic Marvel trap, where she's just against herself. It's literally, right. I'd say 90% of Marvel movies are just the character versus themselves because the villain has a power that's pretty much their power. Uh, that's how Iron Man 1 did it. That's how, I mean, that's how Iron Man 1, the original MCU movie, did it. That's how Incredible Hulk, Thor, whatever, you name it. I'd say 90, 9 out of 10 times they fight themselves. And the fact that this show did that, oh, kind of bummed me out a bit when it was just, here's some witch blasting witch. Just, there was nothing. Yeah, at least there was some, of like, course, war with it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, the introduction of magic's cool, yeah. but they're uh, tiptoeing around the word mutant. I hated that. Fuck you guys. Just refuse to say the words. I mean, I guess if the script was... I, I think I said this. If the script was written before, I understand. But it's really weird that they wouldn't say the word mutant, even though the sons were clearly mutants. Whatever. 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 Yeah. Uh, it was it was okay. Uh, whether uh, you know we'll get a season two out of it, or it's just spinning off into Doctor Strange and whatnot, Captain Marvel two. I'm sure there were other nods to other Marvel movies. Um, this is a, or actually, like, do you have anything else you want to contribute to the no. general big picture? No, I kind of said my shit last week about it. Yeah, I thought so. So the uh, the last piece I want to make about. This is more of a general complaint about Disney and a general complaint about how, like, sitcoms are done. But they generate this, like, false idea of what middle class looks like. So, like, what the fuck is, like, and I get it. It it could be portrayed as this is a 
a TV show first and foremost, and it's like a TV shows TV show where she's created this false reality. So like, nothing has to be very literal. Nothing has to be actually costing them money or whatever. But like, their house, even back in the fifties episode, like, that's not a middle class house. You know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty affluent oh, oh, way of okay. living. Yeah, <laughs> and mean, all the way, know. all the way up until their modern, I'm like, well, it, it, you know, it's like, this is how people like me don't realize that you're actually just like super rich, <laughs> right. like, because you think this you don't, is what you, a normal yeah, you, middle, yeah, you're just like, oh yeah, that that's normal, right. you know, okay. <laughs> everyone can just afford like a nine course meal and like everyone just has you know a million different dishes and everyone's house looks immaculate and like there's never any mess or cleanup and everyone's got you know multiple story houses and right oh yeah stairs right yeah your neighborhood's <laughs> just like <laughs> perfectly kept up and your grass is always mowed somehow like it just it, it just feels wrong and like it's very much portrayed to be like yeah, it's just a normal normal america here we're just in westview new jersey nothing to see here and you're like no it just it just feels weird like you know what i mean like if if they ever show gotham gotham is like yeah. the worst parts of new york city and chicago <laughs> yeah, gotham is always like there's fucking rats around the streets yeah. and everything's graffitied right. to hell and like oh crime is rampant you know it's like the whole city is just downtown and you're well, like you know, that's you also a... false yeah yeah i guess i was going to say maybe that's just a bigger problem where they have to accentuate uh, the uh, I don't know the ideals of whatever situation they're trying to set up. So you know that's it, right? Like so, like this is like a family values kind of show, and the whole season could be boiled down to like Wanda dealing with the fact that she'll like never have her family, and right. dealing with all her inner complexities and you know problems that she's facing within herself, dealing with the loss of her brother and her parents and all that. And so to make the emphasis, like, oh, here's, like, a really family, homey, like, Midwest kind of town, even though it's literally on the East Coast. Sure. But also, like, I can't help but think that it's going to – like, it's just perpetuating weird, random problems that exist within TV and movies. Right. When Almost they have so much – yeah, when they have so much space to do any – you know, like, that's what I mean. Like – Rainbow feels like a token minority character. The Asian FBI dude who's in a bunch of shit, whose name I always forget, just feels like a token minority character. Every other main character, just a white person. Jimmy Woo. Like, it's it's like all the problems of, like, inclusion and diversity initiatives boiled into, like, yeah, just, like, you know, classy. Like, the whole thing is just fucking just weird That's and just Marvel, wrong baby. to me. That's Marvel, <laughs> I mean, I won't, I won't pretend to understand the nuances, but they're probably really scared to tackle any said nuances. I would say they are very um, hesitant about doing anything of the sort, of trying to change what you're complaining about. I doubt they'll ever. Well, my, I, I don't think they will, but my problem is, like, it's not even that they would have to. It just doesn't have to feel like they're trying not to. Hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you you can you can have a gay character and not mm. make their whole point that they're the gay character. Yeah, they can just be right. a character that is gay, right? Right. But it doesn't have no, to be a whole episode okay. about like 
let me introduce my boyfriend to my parents and let's see what goes wrong. It's like just it's like it's just a human being. It's just a small detail about that whole person. And this well, feels I like mean, they would totally emphasize the one gay character that they had and be like and then everyone would be all <gasps> Disney did it. They they have a gay person on TV and you're like, I Oh mean, my it's god. Gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Can't wait for that Marvel show. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean it was okay um, you know compared to all TV it was okay but compared to even Marvel it's fine I'm kinda... yeah it, it, it was it was viewable for me I, I didn't think it was the greatest thing I'd ever watched I was I thought it was better than what I thought it was going to be but again it was mostly due to like the little you know we're going to rip off a TV show in a fun way. Um, and again, that doesn't feel lazy to me. It didn't feel like what they did was lazy. Yeah. It felt yeah, like they no, really gave it a good effort, and it was, like, fun. Felt more homage than just Yeah, exactly. Hair. Right. Um, and then everything else I did, we kind of already talked about, like, the South Park thing. I liked it. I thought it was really funny. Definitely better than that previous special. The yeah. previous special made me laugh, like, twice. And then I started the IT crowd last night. Um, British sitcom. It's. I'm gonna finish the first season. It's worth finishing. But. You mean the first series. Whatever. You're watching the British show. You got it. <laughs> but it's uh, I don't know. It it's older, so it feels a little bit. Is it high frame rate? Hammed up? No, no. Oh really? That's good. Yeah. The British show is not for me. Um, British sitcoms these days, Lane. Just look up a modern British sitcom. It's gonna be high frame rate. It's awful. It's it's soap opera levels of yeah, frame they, rate. They smooth the frame. Oh, uh, this is just the uh, random reminder for anyone listening to turn off motion smoothing or <laughs> uh, whatever motion. What's the words? Smoothing, motion smooth. Just turn that setting on your TV off. Look for motion smoothing, uh, not motion blurring. They call it something else. There's another word for it. It's maybe even cinematic or something. Turn that shit off, please. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much all I watch and listen to. Not much. <laughs> so, cool. not good? Yeah, <laughs> Oh no no wait the IT crowd the IT crowd oh, was good it just wasn't okay. great okay it it just again it has a very old feel to it like it feels like mid two thousands kind of show and you have to kind of be like it's not like The Office in that way it's more like something like Two and a Half Men oh. no oh yeah like oh. Two and a Half Men oh okay. yeah. That's not what I thought. Mm. So it's a single camera? No, I don't even think it's single camera. It's just a, Yeah, no, it's it's just weird to explain. I don't know. I you'll have okay. to watch it. Cuz it's it's definitely it's definitely not single camera. They do like over the shoulder shots and they do like panning and stuff, but it okay. it just it has a feel to it that Yeah, hard explain, I, it's hard right? to explain. It's really hard to explain. But, and it has funny bits to it, but it's like, I think it's more just like the British humor of it is like, 
they do this thing where like each episode always has one of these bits where there's like a little thing that shouldn't be funny and because they focus in on it for like 30 seconds to like a minute and a half it just becomes funny like the opening scene is this lady's getting hired to the IT department and the you know head honcho boss dude is talking to her in her in his office and he's like I always like to start these meetings off these hiring meetings off by just like a good long stare to really size you up and then there's complete silence and he's just like you know for a minute and a half and you're just kind of sitting there laughing because it's so silly and obviously she's like uncomfortable by it because she's like what the fuck is this guy doing um you know what that's how most interviews should go (laughs) yeah and and i think each of the characters are done pretty nicely so far i've only watched three episodes uh but I think they're almost like too true to character, like like a classic sitcom. Like, you know, there's no development really. It's like you know that you know again to use two and a half minutes. You know, you know Charlie Sheen is going to be like a piece of shit, almost like slightly misogynistic womanizer, and he's always going to be that. And you know that his brother Alan is just going to be a dorky, dweeby, nerdy kind of loser who just fumbles his words around people and every kind of social encounter, especially women. I and it's can... like. I've told you what the brother's character's name was. I just, I'm glad you remember Alan was his No, I, I watched, I watched Two and a Half Men a lot. I used to love that show. Uh, John uh, Cryer? I can tell you the actor. I can't tell you his Alan. But yeah, Sorry. so, long story short, classic sitcom stuff, um, but with just a British twist on it that makes it hard to describe. Because I think they, it's like an amalgamation where the, I think they do have some single camera scenes. But a lot of the humor isn't like knee slapping, like like a lot of it is like, you know, physical comedy and like, oh, I tripped and now I'm bleeding. <laughs> and like, it's just like, it's like, and that doesn't sound funny and it shouldn't be. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's weird. It's just I'll weird. We'll see how it goes. We'll get a status report. Um,. Yeah, so thoughts on the movie or the album? Which first? I'd rather do album first, I think. But... Oh, I was okay. going to say I'd rather okay. do movie first, but that's fine. Do movie one. That's fine. Democracy. Yeah, yeah, You're right. yeah democracy. Uh, so we have uh, We Like It Here by Snarky Puppy 2014. I don't know what these people are called, but I'm going to call them a jazz ensemble, for lack of a better term. Sounds good jam band something like that so let's hear uh, we'll it go with blaine i feel like i don't want to start this because I, I don't know i kind of get in the vibe that am i the only one that liked this album so i i just want to preface that if you guys yes, actually just dis- if you guys yeah. actually dislike this album um it will solidify in my mind that you have terrible taste in the music that's great can't wait um i would challenge anyone who listens to this album yeah i i feel like i feel like you have a 2v1 against you though because if we're on the same page about not liking it that seems like more people dislike it than like it Mm -hmm. you know so nope that's not how math weighted averages you know right well he was a music major in college so his counts were two or three at least exactly his music (laughs) opinion exactly Anyone right, even slightly start, educated in music knows yeah, this is good there were, there were three songs that I thought were good. Um, 
and in a sense of good, I mean good relative to the rest of the album. Because as an album, I didn't care about half the songs. They were all like six minute long instrumentals, which again, I've talked about endlessly, but I get it. Music can be good. Music can be written well. Music can be well performed. They can be incredible composers and just performers. But if you have six minutes of the same fucking like four chords and all you did was add like eight different instruments along the way you're so stupid it's just boring me so stupid oh he's so right i can't and it's like so stupid it's like you're you're both so stupid you changed up the melody halfway through oh Oh, cool you added like a five minute version of the same song at the end of the first five minutes of this song to create a ten and a half minute long outro song like i just want to ask what the fuck did you expect i i I had other albums picked and i was like i could do a jazz album and i heard yeah do a pick the jazz album do you have you never listened to fucking jazz music before (laughs) apparently not apparently you haven't (laughs) Apparently you've never listened to jazz. And I mean this is barely jazz. Like I dude. You're saying like so wait, you're saying you saying no, but but you're saying like oh it's just instrumental music with no vocals and it's the same thing over and over and it's not. It wasn't that. It wasn't just the same thing over and over again. And like I think you need to listen to it again if all you're hearing is the same four chords over and over again I, and I didn't say it's the same four chords you, you did between each track <laughs> i said it's the same four chords repeated for six and a half minutes on a single track i don't understand how and you all can they did was to, add instruments i don't understand how you can listen to mainstream music and have that argument because what is mainstream so music like, the same three chords like instead the same two chords rather than what you're arguing is f- just four chords but there's usually like vocals and lyricism to latch on to. Yeah, because my my biggest my biggest reason I listen to music, as I've said, is lyrics. And so a good production on a song for me, especially a hip hop song, is that it provides the artist space while also creating something I can latch onto. Whether that's a good bass line, like a really solid eight oh eight in the background, or just some kind of like hyping up atmosphere, like, you know, classic almost like dubstep style thing where they have this like huge buildup and then you know you have like a huge bass drop and it just it doesn't matter that it's like literally two instruments and three notes it's how those things were utilized and in a space like this this music doesn't excite me uh, this music doesn't so inspire me utilize i see so it's Whoa. like if it's not making me feel anything okay why would i think it's good gotcha okay what were you saying though you know what? I'll pile on. Um, so I have very limited jazz album experience. So my only comparisons would be like Cowboy Bebop or Trigun or video games like Persona or Marvelous Capcom. Those albums, which I listened to this week because of this album, are way better. <laughs> and there are no vocals to those. So I just feel like this album is very cohesive. But the songs themselves, I just feel like I can't pick them out of a lineup. Like, I couldn't tell you which song is which half the time. Because it just, I don't know. It just kind of sounds all the same. I mean, obviously it's not. But it just sounds like 
a mess. Sounds like a mess. Okay. And, oh, and live albums are the worst. Clapping and songs telling me when to clap is like a laugh track. <laughs> like, are you okay. kind of said it better? Okay. Like, oh, the ending when it did the fucking clapping for like the last thirty fucking seconds and all that. Like, I appreciate that they can play these live, but most bands can play things live. I think I would say yeah, that most bands on on the same level as what these guys did live. No way, no shot. I've totally I've I've, I've never been to a concert where I've thought like the band sounded nearly as good as these guys do sound live. But yeah, I, I just uh, live albums are really bad. I don't like those inherently. Like even an album I like, I would not like the live album. Um, but you're saying you you dislike it for being a live album because of just the clapping because i don't see what else in this album like if you didn't hear any clapping or like the occasional like woos you wouldn't have known this was a live album right but then it reminded me so it's just the clapping okay Okay. (laughs) Okay. what a review it's favorite episode right here um so yeah anyway to finish my point about the album because uh, I believe I said I was starting, and then we derailed a little bit. The uh, yes, the three songs that I thought were unique and or tolerable relative to the rest of the album were Jambone, Kite, and the Tio Makako, Makako, whatever the fuck that word is, or whatever that means. I'm sorry, I like Tio Makako, Makako. I think it's uh, Makako, but... but yeah, that's it. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, listen, if I'm ever playing an anime fighting game and I'm selecting a character and it doesn't already have jazz music going, I'll turn this album on. <laughs> this album doesn't even fit that. But, that okay. Never, sure. I'm okay. going to listen to this album again. Okay. I was just very underwhelmed the whole time. That's so crazy because, like, I, 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 it's just generally accepted that. I am. I hate to be like in the music community because everyone I know that is educated at all in music, like, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's what it is because you're not picking up on a lot of like the nuances or like some of the shit about like these artists, like what they're doing, like how insane it is. And maybe that's maybe. yeah. But like, there's a lot of shit in this album, and a, like, I don't know, man. It's just crazy that yeah. you're boiling it down to Does the song. Only... Do what? I'm boiling it down to do I like how it sounds. Yeah, okay. that's what I. That's what <laughs> makes the whole thing. Okay. I don't. I don't. I. I rarely listen to a, unless there's someone who does know more than me, explaining it as I'm listening to it, which is like how I even came to like Jacob Collier. I don't think I would have liked it if I didn't know how crazy and complicated all the shit he was doing was. This just sounds like a very like percussion focused jazz ensemble, and that's it. And I'm like, you know, like it. It's like any time I really ever see live jazz. There's nothing I I didn't hate this album, but nothing about it made me go, "Ooh, wow, that was like fucking awesome." And because there's no lyrics or anything to latch onto. It just ends up sounding samey. Like the one reason I liked Kite and how it and the 
Tio Makako, Makako, whatever the fuck it was. Um, like, the kite one was a lot more, like, piano-focused, which, yes, is still a percussion instrument, yada, yada, yada. But, like, it wasn't the same sound that I had been hearing. It felt like the piano was the centerpiece, and they were kind of all playing off of, like, what the pianist was doing. And the melody changed, or the tempo was changed up, like, a lot, I feel like, in that song alone. And I just felt like it didn't feel, like, exciting and, like, it was, like, recreating us all the time, which one of the things I like about jazz is it's very much, like, spontaneous and flows, and there's, like, a little bit of push and pull, and they're just... I didn't feel any of those things. It just sounded like people were there's, making but there's music. But there's all kinds of that shit. And, like, a lot of this is, like, imp- like the drummer for this, he, he... So the story goes that he knew two of the songs already and learned the other six on his like on the flight because they record they recorded in the netherlands or something he learned the other six on the flight there so like a lot of this is like improv and even like like knowing that that it's improv there's like every in like every single song there was a different instrument that was like the melody so i don't understand really why you're saying that like it was all samey because like you know one song like it, it, it was like how am i trying to explain this every song had a different soloist but that soloist was like the leading voice in the song and there's like a lot right, of that's why I like the jam bone con- one too right because that one's like the guitar is like the main focus for the melody kite the main focus seemed to be the piano the timokako i'm really not sure it's just that one just sounded good to me oh, okay, i think it was just right. the speed just the world yeah, it's, yeah it's a lot yeah it sounded like like yeah. the Again, I don't know what pieces are part of this ensemble, but it sounded like whatever dude was responsible for playing the hi-hat sounds and like the classic drum kit sounds was really taking charge on that one. Uh, at least that's the instrument I heard the most, and I really liked that one for that reason. Um, and it felt, again, like a just much faster... Yeah, it, Latin, I think, is a fine word for that. It sounded a little bit Latin to me. I'd have to re-listen to it to be sure of that, but... I don't know. The, all the other songs, I was just like bored. And like that opener, too. Like that first song, I had to like take a break after that one because I was like, there's no way this is as hyped. Like, this dude's telling me they won like fucking like 20 Grammys or something. I'm like, what? Like, this group that made this song? And this is the one that they lead the album with. So I, I took a little break back after that one. And it got better for sure, but I don't know. But again, when I think jazz, I don't, I don't think this. Like this doesn't, like this is jazz very clearly. But like, it's jazz fusion and. Right, I'm just saying. You're like, have you ever listened to a jazz album before? Was a statement that came out of your mouth because you were so dumbfounded that I didn't particularly like this, and I'm like, well, yes, but I mostly listen to like super old jazz if I'm going to ever listen to jazz, like Miles Davis or Coltrane. Like I don't really. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, eh, it's fine. <laughs> but. I was underwhelmed. I don't know. Okay. Just, just music. Just okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's just me. Like it's cool. it, like this doesn't sound like elevator music. It just yeah. music. I don't care about that much. Right. That's fair. Yeah, I put the not great underwhelming out of ten. Probably like five, 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 six. It's that range. Yeah, I like three songs, so I'm gonna probably give it like a five. It's a uh, nine. Let's say you know. It's a nine. You know the song ten. Sleeper. I wrote the song uh, Sleeper. I really like the first minute. I can't hear it in my head. But I really like the first minute, and then they just started doing a change-up, and it just ruined the song. So it was just like little things like, ah, this song. 
I don't know. How did they ruin it? Like, what what about it changing? Oh, the rest of the song started. But I just don't understand (laughs) what is... It was just, it sounded, okay, at first, the first minute was like two instruments, and then it sounded like seven just on top of each other. As jazz ensembles usually sound, I guess. Okay. That's... But, yeah, yeah, he's he's not saying that jazz ensembles were his favorite thing no, until he heard this I, I'm and they changed the game oh up. My God. <laughs> I got it. I know what he's saying. <laughs> it's almost like you're trying to defend Ooh. a point. <laughs> but all he said is he doesn't like how nope. that sounds. Not trying to defend any points. Sound of metal, huh? Yeah. Sound of metal. <laughs> that came out this year? 2019. Or last year. We could say we could I say last we could say last year, yeah. I was gonna say twenty twenty doesn't really count as a year, so we can just say last year. But I, th- well, I think like Prime like bought it in twenty twenty. Yeah, it says it was released in November twentieth, twenty twenty. Yeah, I think Amazon bought it then, but I think the movie was like festivals and stuff. Yeah, that, that, yeah festival festival release September sixth, theatrical release November twentieth, and because theaters weren't open, it just went to Prime. So, oh, was it still twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. Oh, okay, okay, last year. Yeah, theatrical release November twentieth, Prime Video December fourth. Um, so yeah, last year. Uh, we'll let Noah start. Okay. Um, I'll start with the uh, intro. Um, I didn't love the song <laughs> of the intro or the beginning, but I really loved how it just threw me into this movie. Like, there's. There's ways you can just set up a movie or get the audience in an atmosphere. I think this was just like, oh yeah, this I shouldn't be focusing on whatever. I'm just focusing on Sound of Metal. And that was a really, I think, uh, effective way of doing that. While, and, um, while also giving you a little bit of background. I mean, a little, just you could tell that him and the singer were into it, were a thing. So it was just a kind of clever intro to set up the whole movie. Um which brings me to the bigger point of not how clever this movie was, but of how clever it used things, uh, such as the audio design, the audio effects, when he went deaf, when it was at 25%, me being like, picking up the TV and being like, wait, could he hear that one? Or was that just the TV? Or just not knowing what he could hear and couldn't hear was a great way of being just as confused as the character was and and Riz Ahmed was great at portraying that confusion. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there a lot of subtleties to his character's predicament. Um, like when he first goes to the doctor and he's just chilling there and you hear his name being called and he's just chilling there and then the lady has to go like, hey, touch him. It's not like <laughs> that subtle, but it is the inclusion of that scene that was incredibly subtle because most directors would probably just skip to him talking to the doctor boom bada bing but that was a nice touch where it's like oh yeah this would be so shitty for every single aspect of your life if you're not used to it um you know if you weren't born with you know deafness or some sort of uh ear trauma or whatever um yeah no uh there was just a lot to it that i really enjoyed i liked the flow there was almost nothing i could complain about if there was, it's very small. I'm not saying this is a perfect movie, but it definitely just did what it set out to do completely. I agree. I, I enjoyed the flow. Like I like you just 
intro is you just get thrown into like them at the concert and i appreciate not having to watch anything like why they were a band how they started or anything it was just already them on the road and then him losing his hearing and additionally like later on in the movie when he's back at the uh the facility or whatever you want to get the rehab place and it's like you don't really waste any time like they could have spent a lot of filler time showing him learning sign language or and they did like in the beginning where it was like hey they're introducing like hey you're going to be working with the teacher and the kids you're going to do all these other things i think there's a reason for that And, and so i appreciated that and i really appreciate that it didn't just add a bunch of filler scenes of him like uh trying to do something and then getting frustrated that he can't learn sign language and it was just like right. at just one scene to the next he had like he knew it and it was just like he was working with the kids and everything like his life was just you know progressively getting better um yeah i mean i can't really complain either about it i i wish that it was maybe a little more focused on the like music i think you yeah know, I, you... I, I mean oh god camera camera <laughs> oh, trouble Damn well, trouble. Lost, uh, lost me. Uh, I think got it. Uh, uh, oh, okay, whatever. I'm gonna be ahead for a second. Uh, <laughs> well, I I really think what was I saying? Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a lot more musical yeah. than it was. I really thought there was gonna be a way more music. Yeah. I don't know if I read something or what it was. I just could have sworn there was gonna be more music. And well, I wasn't. Just think and I wasn't disappointed name- by it. For the name but, of the movie to be Sound of Metal, it feels like it invites more music to be a part of it. And, like, I appreciate, you know, he was, like, drumming for the little kids or whatever, but... Yeah, it felt light on music for a movie that's about a drummer and his hearing and him being yeah. on the road with a band. Like, and, it just... And, and then, like, after he's, like in the rehab facility the only other time you see him drumming other than the one scene of him doing the bucket drumming with the kids is when he unlocks his rv plays for a second and then decides to sell everything like that's the only time that you see him like drum again in the movie i think well i and i think that drumming was like him realizing like it's like his final go maybe that's how what i took it as i was like he understands like this is what his like this is his last performance or whatever, so he just like One last know, night on lets the film, it all, yeah. yeah, lets it all out of him, and then he's like, "All right, I got to do what I got to do now to get this surgery, so I can go be with Bay." Yeah, so I think that's the only thing that I disliked was that I expected it to be more him drumming, and then maybe him like learning how to drum deaf, and then teaching the kids how to do that. Um, right. So that's the only thing, and that was just my own expectation. I didn't have, I don't think I had any reason to believe that that's what the movie was going to be. Um, so I can't even really say that's something I disliked, but it, I kind of was, um, yeah. I, I, you know what? I actually, before I talk about positives, the one negative I had was those audio levels in the first 30 minutes fluctuate so much that it's funny that this is kind of a, um, almost a warning to, you know, take care of your ears. But the first thirty minutes of this movie, the volume goes up and down so many times. It hurts. It makes a you wonder. It hurts a little bit. Honestly. Yeah, it makes you wonder if the audio engineers knew what this movie was about. <laughs> you know? We Did you uh just put you, it at a middle level or an equalized level? But you, you said you watch it on your TV, right, Noah? Yeah, I watch it on my TV. Did you watch it at your computer or at your TV, Lane? Uh, TV. Okay. So was, was I the like only one who watched this with headphones? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. With headphones, this movie was crazy. Um, the, like, you know, stereo left, right filtering of certain oh, scenes. Oh, did it do that? Yeah. Oh, no, it was oh, crazy. Goodness. It was crazy. It's goodness. worth, it's worth watching some of those big, it's invested in his sound scenes. Like, again, like, like the, even like that last, like, you know, five minutes or whatever, when he's just kind of like walking around Paris. Um, and he's got his little fucking things on and then he takes them off. Like those scenes are incredible with headphones. The ear testing scene was incredible with headphones. Really? That um, sounds awesome. Actually that the party TV, scene, tell, see, that the TV, party scene left and right, but I didn't know it'd be, you know, uh, sort of volumetric or whatever yeah. they call that. And of audio. It, it, it was, it was dope. And that was my biggest grievance with the first, again, 15, 20 minutes of the movie was one. I hate the music that they make that that like grungy metal yeah. fucking artsy yeah yeah that's of. that's what it is it's it's that same artsy bullshit i hate in pop music but, but now they've taken it to metal <laughs> and so it's like ooh, i'm gonna like scream my feelings over a fucking like double bass pedal like 180 bpm song <laughs> you know and then this guy's just smashing on his crash cymbal like ugh, just please stop <laughs> Uh, so when we just jumped into it, my first thoughts were like, I kind of hope this movie's light on music. <laughs> and fortunately it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. But uh, also with just the same volume things on the headphones that I think it might have been intentional. Not necessarily to serve as a warning, but with the headphones later, when he actually starts to really experience the deafness, which only takes maybe half an hour, 45 minutes into the film, um, it's very clearly obvious when you have headphones. Um, but in that first 30 minutes, you're like getting a headache a little bit because one, the yeah. music, and two, like, uh, well, like they're even just like driving around after the show, right? And just like having random little filler conversations about life. And I, I thought that was weird too. Like, I don't know if it was their meaning of like, you know, how do we introduce these edgy characters who have like a lot of like dark depth to them? Mm. And, like, the first conversation they have, you know, they're talking about she was a little girl in class, talking about her own death, and then they start talking about their own funeral. And it's, like, the movie just, like, at no point felt I, – I think my only grievance is that the whole time it felt like a movie. Hmm. I didn't feel like I was watching two people's life. And okay. so, like, I think the difference between a good drama like this and a pretty good drama like this is that – these two people could feel like real human beings on earth and they got close to that there were moments there were scenes of that but like that whole first 30 minutes really just felt like expose of a novel you know like you're just like reading the exposition of like all right i want to build this world and how do i introduce these characters and the whole time it felt like character introductions it did not feel like i was immersed um yeah all frodo so. in the shire yes gotcha frodo yeah, in the I shire guess. Well, I mean, I mean, really, I I don't think Riz Riz Ahmed's character was that relatable until about halfway through the movie or so, especially mm -hmm. when he was at the rehab clinic. That was fantastic. Like right when the rehab clinic started, I think the acting, his acting, just went well, through the roof somehow. And what's his name? I really liked uh, Joe Racy or whatever his name is. Paul Racy, the dude whose name was Joe in the movie. Oh. Um, the little ponytail, the guy who was like, yeah, the... yeah, yeah. and no, I thought. Yeah he acted so well and like when he's like telling him like you know it, there was a moment where i, I got taken out of the movie again because it felt like the bit from uh what is it like meet the fockers of like 
I have a circle of trust, and you're now outside that circle. <laughs> so so that that's, what went, that's what went into my brain when he said that line, basically. But like you could, like that was like a very emotional scene, and like you could see he was like tears were welling up. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was clearly a very, very good movie and really well done. But like, this is one of the few movies I think maybe you and Tristan Noah uh, speak really highly of like Arrival for its like sound editing and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not ever one to like notice sound mixing a ton, well, <laughs> or like even like kind of in your face. Well, why, but 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 that was like the best. Like maybe this movie was built on the idea of like how can we make a movie that highlights deafness in an interesting way. Like that mm -hmm. was the premise, and then they wrote I mean, I, you know the metal so. aspects to it to fit that vibe. You know, like oh maybe he can be a musician, and how that's a conflict, him? right? Uh, but even as the basis, I don't care how in my face it was, it was really well done. And so I'm like, I'm okay with the movie kind of being subpar and the characters kind of not being fully fleshed out because, like, that was just a fun experience. Um, and again, that's why, like, I highly recommend you go back and watch some of these scenes with headphones on because it's really I cool. I mean, for true, especially the test. The test sounds the best part, honestly. Um, I, you know, it's actually, it's probably going to be a negative but not right now. You'll know why I'm saying this because this movie feels so modern. It's got the right just modern sensibilities, just how long it lingers on shots, the script, the flow, whatever, you name it. The camera work, even the cameras themselves, the B-roll is just very modern. So I really love it right now. But I bet you in about 20 years, this movie's going to feel so weird and dated. Well, I, I, I bet you money this movie's going to be like, oh, this was a 2020 movie, all right. <laughs> like, which... The funny thing, too, was that I agree, like, the way it was done felt modern, but it, I thought it was, like, the movie could have been set in, like, the 90s, as far as I was concerned. Oh, it could have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, setting, yeah, sure. like, like, what time, because what, like, everything felt really old school, right? Like, they had that old-ass RV. If you, you didn't know, have his iPhone. Old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they went to a diner for the like only real dining scene. Then they went mm -hmm. like out into the country at some like fucking deaf commune. Yeah. Like at no point did it feel like, oh, they're in a, a modern town with modern people until obviously he went out to Paris. But even then, like, you didn't really get to see any cars. So Not really, just walking by. Yeah. It, it could, I could have seen ninety Camrys that looked brand new and been like, oh, okay, it's a nineties movie, cool. You know, <laughs> like it, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird that. It was both old and new at the same time. Yeah, I I really honestly, I mean, I, I can't say enough good about this movie, but I think this is just a just well directed. If you want a, just the epitome of a good movie, right here. It's just I don't think there's any argument really. I mean, sure, maybe I bet some people hate it, whatever. But I think uh, I wrote the writers down: the director and writer Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr. I'm assuming they're relatives with the same last name. Uh, what they did, fantastic. And the I, ending, that I want to say this. That was one of my favorite endings, period. Just on the dot. Specific, the specifically, way, like, that last five-minute scene? Or the, like, way that last, the like relationship minutes, ended yeah. and everything? No, last five minutes. Yeah. Last five like minutes. That, yeah, I mean, was... the relationship ended, I actually really liked that because it was, it was very, uh, it subverted the idea of oh let me see this big argument and let them yell at each other blah 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 break up it, this is just like oh these two people understand they're different people now you know well um, and that's what i mean of like 
there were moments where these felt like real people, that feels like how that relationship really could have gone. Yeah. At no point did I really expect this to be like a happy ever after love story of like, this dude's going to get his implants, he's going to go to Paris, he's going to get the girl of his dreams, and they're going to get married and have little deaf kids, and it's going to be awesome. Right, there's always a weird tension. <laughs> yeah, where you're just the whole like, time. This isn't going to be great for him. This yeah. is going to, he's going to regret this shit. When, like, even when they make the point of, like, he's been sober for four years, he's been dating her for four years, like, yeah, yeah almost yeah, like right she right. was his, you know, like, recovery crutch, but at some point, yeah. like, you just need to get yourself off your crutch. You know, right. like, this really wasn't the woman of his dreams, it was the woman who saved his life. Which, of course, always be in your mind, but doesn't mean that she's the one you want to fucking date forever. So, yeah, if it just and felt very was, real. Yeah. felt very real and in that she, sense. she wasn't harming herself now that he was out of her life, whether mm-hmm. that was, like, specifically, but that was obviously the right. intent of that scene right. and what Perry thought. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of subtlety in that. That's really cool. And that the silence of the last 20 seconds with how they played with all the audio, man... I sat through the credits. I never now, sit through the credits. I sat now, through the credits. Now just watch it with headphones on. That sounds incredible. I feel like I would be disoriented with that ending. Because I was I was a little disoriented on the TV when it just went, nope, nothing. Tr- what I was going to come in with as my real negative, but it's got to be a positive. It's like I was getting pissed off because of how it sounded in my headphones. I was like, I would have to take a headphone off. Okay, yeah, my, my mm. hearing's right. My hear, I, yeah. I can hear things normally because it was like so fucking good, and I, if this doesn't win the uh, Oscar for sound or sound mixing or whatever they call it now because they changed they the fucking out. names of them, yeah, because uh, I think it was nominated, Riot. right? It's got to be nominated. Let me. I hope it. so, or else Riot. Riot time, getting Riot juice. Let's go. Ninety <laughs> uh, third Academy Awards. Oh yeah, so it's nominated for best picture, best screenplay, best actor for Ahmed, best supporting actor wow. for Racy, best film editing, wow. and best sound. Wow! Wow! And it, Jesus Christ, guys. No cap. I, I don't know what else is nominated in those categories, but it definitely, it's definitely it could win there. those. I, you, I think it earned those nominations. Whether it earned a win, I don't know. I don't care. But so it for, definitely... for sound, it'll it, like it has to win. Like I can't imagine anything else winning. But I hope Riz Ahmed gets lead actor. I think he I was phenomenal in this. I haven't seen. Oh my god, guys! We have to do something special for the fucking Oscars episode. Like that week, we gotta watch them all. I've seen, what I've seen two. Soon, right? I've seen two of the one, two, three, four, eight. five, six, seven, eight nominations. I never keep up with Oscar movies because they usually suck. That's not true. So, I mean, the last like four like, years they've sucked. Twenty ten. Uh, the artist to, like, was twenty twelve. Twenty ten to like twenty fourteen. The artist won twenty. They were several. I'm not saying the winner. I'm saying the noms. The noms. I'm just saying. I'm the just saying. The shit movie. <laughs> twenty twelve was the artist versus Hugo. I don't know how he derailed onto this, but twenty twelve was a bad year. It does not count as a good year. Just telling you, bro. Or 2011. I don't know. This is one of those years. Bad year. Um, no. Uh, this was a fantastic out of ten for me. Like easy nine. Yeah. I this... think about it. It's probably nine, 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 five for me. Nine, five. I mean, that's yeah, sure. I'll say, I'll say nine. Nine. Yeah, and again, uh... it wouldn't be so. Like, if I had watched this on a TV, this would probably be like an eight, five. But no, I think you know what you did really. That whole thing was just crazy, man. Okay, Uh, that was our review of Sound of Metal. Uh, Next week's movie and album. 
are going to be Europa Report and Breakfast by Lawrence. We will see you next week on episode 22 of this Bad Friends Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis with John Pina and Lane Wilman. We're out of here.